What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Elite Physique University. Um, it's just me and John this week, as Jason is already in Miami for the um, Health Summit, which I'm on my way to. Um, but we have an awesome guest for you guys this week. Uh, but before we get into that, of course, we always chat about how our week's going. So I know things are ramping up for all of us. So, John, how has everything been going for you? Really, really good. Uh, on the business side, I, I know it seems like every time Jason and I get on here, we're talking about growth with the supplement companies and fat muscle projects is definitely seeing growth. So um, we've got some things in the works I can't really talk about as far as distribution and some big stores, but Ryan, I'll just say that we're probably going to see you in the near future. And I think you probably know what we're talking about. I just want to be careful not to say that because then if it doesn't happen, it, you know, it doesn't happen, but Good, good. We are testing out a lot of new products right now, new flavors coming out this year. Um, just having fun, like having fun. We're growing. We have to get more storage space, like all this stuff. It's just fun. I love it. So it's all a challenge. It's kind of a puzzle, you know, especially ordering and making sure you have enough safety stock and like all these things. I'm a numbers guy. So I really love looking at it. And I will say this to anybody that's ever thinking about having their own supplement company, right? Because I think at the end of the day, we're, we're all bros. And I mean that affectionately. We've all thought about, man, I'd love to own my own gym or I'd love to own my own supplement company or I, you know, these types of things, right? Because we all do those things. I will tell you this, as, as you grow and scale a supplement company, so I've never paid myself from fat muscle ever. It's like three years old as far as the supplement side. It's It's been an apparel company. I've never paid myself and it's a good thing I didn't because it was just the companies kept that money, right? And you need money to grow. And people hear that and they don't realize exactly what it means until all of a sudden you're hit with one of these big opportunities like I alluded to and you better have a lot sitting there. If not, you got to go to the bank and that's fine. I'm just, I'd rather just not do that. So my point is, this is fun and it's a new challenge and it's something new. So I'm uh, I'm good. Coaching's coaching's good. I got a lot of good clients. Uh, probably having them up Ryan's way. I know they're they're starting off in Liberty, so we're going to talk about doing different shows and stuff like that. So I don't I don't want to gloss over our, our our topics too much. But yeah, I'm good. What about you? It looks like you are in a new place. I see the sunroom behind you. The windows are huge. You look comfortable. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first, like that sounds awesome with all the growth. Like, you know, if you're having fun and you're busy, but you're loving what you're doing, like that you're in the right space of what my, you should be. You know, real quick, my my son, Gavin, he's about to turn 16. He asked me, hey, dad, if you got offered, you know, X amount of money for fat muscle and it, it was up there in the millions, would you take it? And I told him no. I, I told mm -hmm. him no. And it would be a substantial amount. I yep. said that nothing beats having fun and loving what you do. So exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If I ever, if I ever saw the company, you know why uh, it, it quit being <laughs> fun, but anyway, back, back to you. But it yeah. looks like you're in a good place. Yeah. So I am, I'm on my way to Miami, um, for the health mm -hmm. summit this weekend. Um, so Jason is speaking there. So that's why he's not with us this today. Um, and so us on Scooby prep are all going, um, well, not all of us, but most of us are going, um, so going to learn a lot this weekend, network, meet some cool people. Um, so I'm in Minneapolis at my sister's place. Um, so I just made a little pit stop from Fargo and uh, I'm just sitting in the sunroom and it's like way warmer here compared to where we're at in Fargo. And it's like a three and a half hour drive. So like who knew that three and a half hours can make such a difference, but it's yeah. nice. Are you, are you flying out of there down to yeah. Florida? Yeah. When you're like, so like in Fargo, it's like sometimes it's way cheaper to fly out of Minneapolis. So a lot of times we'll like make the drive to Minneapolis and then just fly out of here. Sometimes it's not so cheap and it's really convenient flying out of Fargo, but sometimes it, you have to stop in Minneapolis anyway. So it's like, might as well save some money and just drive it because it's not that bad. We're all used to driving this like three and a half hour trip. Normal. <laughs> it's like a normal trip for us. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of why we do it that way, but yeah. It was still expensive because flights are expensive right now, but way cheaper than Fargo. That's flying out of Fargo for Minneapolis or Miami would have been like over a thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to see your feedback and Jason's feedback on this conference. It's, it's a little bit different than yeah. what we've seen some pretty mm -hmm. big star power. Right. And I'll be yeah. interested to see what you think of the content 
you know, we have smaller conferences and camps and stuff like that that we run that's very, very in- intimate. And the, the information is super granular, detailed. I'll be curious to see what you guys think of this big one compared to some of the, the and when I say smaller, I mean like 50 to 100, which is not mm-hmm. small. But yeah, I'm excited for you guys to go down there and give some feedback. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really cool to just attend something different because, you know, the last like couple of years I've, you know, just known about like our like little group niche of people, you know, with like PEC, like all of us here at Elite Physique, like everything like that. Um, so it'll be cool to kind of like branch out a little bit and do something a little different. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, but uh, turning it over to our guests. So. This week, you guys, we have um, president of the NANBF and IPE. We have Ryan Irwin with us, um, who is also a good friend of John's. So, John, if you wanted to introduce Ryan a little bit and talk about him, um, we can do that. Yeah, Ryan, first of all, welcome to the show. I I know you've done the Fat Muscle Project podcast, and you and I have done seminars together. And we've just, man, it just seems like there's so much overlap in a good way. Uh, welcome to the show. For those those of you who don't know who Ryan is, um, you're about to find out. Ryan, to me, is one of the pillars of natural bodybuilding, um, especially over the last four to five years. Um, he's been around for a long time and done some great things for clients and judging and promoting shows. And he's just been a solid, a solid player in that community. But now he's one of the pillars. And we'll talk a little bit more about natural bodybuilding as a whole. And I'm excited for people to hear this podcast because a lot of people don't really understand what natural body is natural bodybuilding is they might hear things here and there but this is going to right from the source of the president of the amateur side the nmbf and the professional side the ipe um so ryan's also a pro natural bodybuilder one heck of a coach he's a fat muscle project sponsor coach he's one of the ones that that presents whenever we do conferences um, he's a show promoter he'll talk about that and he's just involved in so much. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Man, thank you, John. Kayla, thank you. Uh, It's great to be here. Uh, I'm honored and humbled to be uh, on this program, and uh, I hope that uh, everybody can take something good away from it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I always think of it this way. We have a lot of coaches that listen to the show. There are a lot of coaches that are always looking for the right types of shows. We have a lot of people that are natural. I, I would say most people are going to be on the natural side of things. We have a lot of people that compete both NPC and natural. It doesn't matter. What this is going to help is if you're a coach listening, this is going to help you understand where a good place to compete would be for your client. Uh, or if you're listening and it's maybe your first show coming up, I know I've got a bunch of first time clients that are going to listen to this podcast. It's going to help explain some of the things about the show. You know, on the Fat Muscle Project podcast, we just had Brian Berkland on and we covered everything you need to know about doing a show. And it really helped alleviate a lot of the uncertainty and fears and like stresses of those shows. This is going to be more about what natural bodybuilding is. So I'm really excited to get into that. Now, Ryan, real quick, before we kick off and start getting into some of these bullet points, you've got a show coming up because you're a show promoter in the Des Moines area. And that's been going on for a long time. Tell people a little bit about that show and when it is. Yeah, so uh, I promote with my wife the uh, Natural Iowa, the NEMBF Natural Iowa, and this is our 29th year. Uh, And so it's, I'm going to go on a limb here and say it's probably one of the oldest ones in the country, uh, that natural bodybuilding, because this started back in the early 90s, about when natural bodybuilding even kind of came on the scene. And so uh, it's coming up here in five and a half weeks. Uh, It's here in Des Moines. Uh, and it is an IPE pro qualifier. And so we just always have a great group of competitors that come in, you know, the, the stage is in this historic theater um, with amazing lighting and just the ambiance is unreal. Um, And I just, uh, it's one of those competitions that my goal for the competitors, they just always remember is like, wow, that was an experience. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's coming up quick. You know, I, I have clients that are trained for it and they're like, wow, it's, it's, it's coming up quick. And then me with my promoter hat, well, I've got my coach's hat on. I'm like, yeah, it's coming up quick. And then as a promoter, yeah, it's coming up quick. Yeah, It's always there. It's one of those shows that I like a lot because one there's, it's not, when you think of bigger cities, right. You think of, Oh shit, stress, like downtown. Like I got to find a parking garage and all that parking is amazing. Seating's easy. Like you walk in, you go right into the venue. Like it's such a low stress environment. Um, 
plenty of room backstage. Like it's just a fun event. And I know so many times I've been there with clients. My clients love the show. Anytime that people leave the show happy, low stress, that's a great thing. And that's probably, you know, speaks to why your show has been around for so long. What's the date on that again? We're going to put this in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can just go right to all Ryan's information, but what's the date on that? And Kayla, yeah, get... so it's May 6th, the first Saturday in May. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. 29 years that show has been around. That kind of gets us to our first, our first spot. So how long have you been involved in natural bodybuilding? Oh man, John, I, I, I'm going to age myself here, but so I did my first competition in 1993. Uh, no and way. So, yeah. So I've been competing for 30 years. Um, yeah. And, and it took 17 years to get my pro card. Uh, and so um, I started promoting in 2003 and that was the same year I started coaching, but, you know, through all of it, I've been a competitor, you know, I started as a teenager uh, and continued it through college, through, you know, marriage, through kids, through babies, through businesses, <clears throat> and I think that's given me the unique perspective to be able to really reach out to people no matter where they are in their walk of life, um, because I've, I've kind of done it. I mean, I, I'm still doing it. I competed last year and, um, you know, I was very I, I had a really good showing. I was very fortunate how it turned out. But, you know, and I'm still going to compete, you know, I'm still training hard and 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 looking forward to my next time on stage. And so I think that everything I do is a as as you know a pres president as as a promoter as a coach i mean it all comes back to that's what i am is i'm a competitor and i i just want everybody else to have the same experience in the sport that i did and the impact it's made in my life so Kayla, i'm gonna read your mind real quick i'm magic you are sitting here thinking how in the hell do you look like you're 32 but you've been doing this since 1993 and, and the reason mm -hmm. I bring that up is because, because I saw you're like, no way in hell. Even yeah. I was like 93. Like I was, I was in high school and I, I wasn't even born chasing yet. girls like into trouble. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Man. Like I said, I, I knew I was going to age myself. <laughs> and I was like, there's, there's no way. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I bring that up is you hear a lot of people say, um, natural bodybuilding is the fountain of youth, Right. I think it's living the natural bodybuilding lifestyle because that is a fountain of youth because, you know, if you don't compete too often, which is a whole topic for another show, we, we've talked about that. You don't want to compete too often. Obviously you've done it right. And you've done a great job. You're also a coach. When did you first start coaching people? Do you remember that? And what was that like? Yeah. So I first started coaching in 2003. So I, um, I owned a supplement shop and we had a training studio there. And, and at that point I'd been competing for, you know, 10 years. And so, you know, people started coming to me and say, Hey, Ryan, can you help me how, uh, teach me how to do this? And so, yeah, certainly. And so I, I just started doing it, you know, just more just to help them out, you know, and stuff. And then at, at that point, as I really found that there's a real need for that, you know, and then, you know, people would come into my store and I talk to them and then, you know, people were like, okay, yeah, uh, I don't just need supplements. I need help. And so I started to coach them, you know, and then that's when I started, I, I kind of walked away from the retail counter and I went to the back office and I'd have conversation with people, you know, taking their, you know, the measurements their metrics and tracking them and nutrition and, and writing a program. I'm like, well, this is what I was born to do, you know? And so that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, I've been a, a full-time coach now for uh, the last four years and it's just been, um, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, I coach uh, gen pop as well as competitors, but I mean, again, it, you guys know the, the, the principles are the same. It's just, where are you going to take it? How far are you going to go? So, yeah, it's, it's really cool because I've watched your progression as a coach um, from afar. And that's why it was fun when we linked up and you became a, a sponsored fat muscle coach, because what we're trying to build over at our company is, is some of the most elite coaches in the entire industry, you know, you and the Cliff Wilson's and the Pete's and I, and I don't, uh, I'll leave names out. Right. But those top tier level coaches, and you've really done that, you know, not only uh, that's why I think it's important to people to know you're not just the president and a show promoter. Like you've got a team of athletes that's always you're throwing pictures up all the time. It shows where they're finishing like really, really high. So you've as as I've watched you progress over the years, 
you've become a better bodybuilder, you've become a better show promoter, a better representative of the sport, and especially become a better coach, which is kind of cool. So like you're just leveling up and I know I'm, I'm really putting you over here, but I'm, I want people that don't know you just to understand, like get to know Ryan, like check out his social, check out all this stuff that we're linking up and, and go check out one of his shows and everything's been good. And natural bodybuilding has been, it's been through seasons, right? And you've been around for this longer than anybody. There's always some misconceptions about natural bodybuilding. You know, there's there's always there's always going to be the negative Nancys out there. There's way more positive people in the sport. And this is just bodybuilding in general, right? Sure. What are some of the misconceptions about natural bodybuilding that you want people to know aren't true? And what have you also worked hard to fix? Because you've really, really turned the corner on this being such a positive sport lately. Thank you. No, you know... I guess I, I want to start with just, you know, bodybuilding as a blanket sport. I mean, I think that this goes for whether it's natural or untested. Um, I think that one of the things is always a component is, is judging, you know, I mean, it's, it's always, you know, judging and is, is things, you know, uh, correct and are people getting the right placings and those th types of things. And, you know, I, I think that that's never going to be something that you're going to completely get an agreement on or everybody's going to be, yes, 100% nailed it. That's fantastic. It's just not yeah. going to exist. It never does. Um, but I think that it's something that, you know, we're very, very uh, aware of like what our membership is saying, what our competitors are saying, what our athletes are saying, you know, and, and taking that in and and uh, evolving with that you know we, we brought wellness on this year you know we've done things in the past you know we've changed criteria we've changed posing you know and so I think that that's one thing that we continue to do is to to listen to our athletes and try to to cater to them because this is what this, this is all about them it's not about promoters it's not about the organization it's about the athletes because they make up the sport without them there's nothing so I think that that's one thing that, you know, we really focus on. And that's why we try to be very transparent with our athletes. I mean, we allow them to have interaction with the judges. I mean, they'll be at, at, at after parties with judges book wide open, having that, that conversation, you know, we send them scores, you know, we try to be, here it is, you know, this is, this is what it is. So I think that judging is a thing that will always be a challenge, but I think it's something we just had. This past weekend, I hosted a, a, a Zoom training seminar for all of our judges. You know, we got we got them all on. You know, we we went through everything. You know, because you know, I mean, it, it does. It seems like competition season was just done in the fall, but you don't want to go to that first contest and be uh, rusty. You know, yeah. and so we go through all these things. So then that way, you know, we boom, we hit it uh, on fire. And so there's that. I think the other. Uh, part of it is, um, is the drug testing. You know, I think the drug testing is, you know, that's really what makes natural bodybuilding, natural bodybuilding. And so uh, I think that that's something that, you know, some people say, well, it's not really being tested or it's not really legit. And I can tell you, we go through so many different things as far as drug testing, keeping the standards high, you know, constantly watching what's out there. I mean, we just added another banned substance to the list this, this week, I mean, last week, you know and I mean? We're constantly tuning things and we're talking to labs and we're, you know, uh, control and custody and, and the integrity of the testing process. So, you know, uh, you know, we do polygraphs. And so it's, you know, we, we try to do everything we can to make a, a level playing field for these athletes. And I think that, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, we don't take lightly and it's something that we take legitimately. And so I think that that's something that from the outside looking in, they might not see that uh, and that's okay, but it's definitely something that over the years we've continued to make a priority. Let, let me bring something up and Kayla, if you've got questions, chime in. I, I hope I'm not talking over you at all, but let me bring something up with drug testing because I've had hundreds and hundreds of clients do natural shows, get drug tested um, never had any problems with any of them, but I think our listeners need to understand there's always, I'll bring those negative Nancy's up. There's always those people out there that, that will see something pop up, like some, some glutide is now on the list, right? Yep. As it should be, if you're not, if you don't have a prescription because you have issues with, you know, insulin sensitivity and resistance, right? That's what it's for. 
none of these things are put on there as a way. And Ryan, you deep, dig a little deeper into this. People think, oh, there's there's the 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 promoters don't want these certain things on there. They don't want this. Like this comes down. A lot of this is water testing, but you guys don't have any political reasons to try and take something on or take something off or any of that stuff. It's a very cut and dry list. Talk, talk about that if you would. And then also a second part of that, there are things that people hear like thyroid medication, right? If you have a prescription, I, I, every year I'm going to have somebody, she's on some kind of thyroid meds or he's on thyroid meds. Hey, what do I do? You know, talk about the process through that because they can't compete if they're on thyroid meds. They just need to understand the process. Absolutely. So, you know, going back to your first question, I mean, you know, think about this. I mean, running these competitions, promoters, I mean, competitors make our contests what they are. And so by just logical thought process, you know, we should make it easier for competitors to compete. We wouldn't want to make the the banned substance list any more deep than it needs to be because that's, you know, disqualifying people. We're making it harder, but that's what we do to make a level playing field. And so as much as I would love to, I can't even tell you, having those conversations with individuals like, yeah, I'm sorry, you, you just can't compete. I mean, we it's a banned substance. Now, there are options for you, you know, and I direct them to those options. But, you know, I mean, we, we, we absolutely, we look at it and say, is this something that's giving somebody an unfair advantage? And so, um, you know, and we're actually, you know, we're a little tighter than water, you know, we go back even further than that. I mean, we, we run a pretty tight. um, And again, like you said, you know, the, the GOPs, I mean, we just added that on there because yeah, it's, that makes sense on a, on a surface basis. Like, yep, that's that's a banned substance. Um, but that being said, there are athletes that have medical issues that warrant some of those banned substances. You know, in, in those situations, you know, basically they have to go to a doctor, their doctor, and then they have to get a statement from their doctor saying three things to see if I can remember them off the top of the head. One is that it's not, it's medically necessary. Uh, number two there's not a, a, a natural alternative that would sufficiently cover the condition that, that that medication does. And the third thing is that this does not uh, physically enhance the, the athlete's physique. You know, and so then the doctor signs that and, and gives it to the promoter, sends it in in advance. Promoter says, yep, great. Bring that note with you when you come do your polygraph so there's no questions asked and when you come to your check-in. So uh, so those, as long as those are covered, and again, the key on that is that they do these things in advance. You know, I mean, we we send out the banned substance list so they can see it. You know, they do the polygraph so they can read it, so they can take that test, they can go through that. So they should know everything going in. You know, a competitor who is competing chooses a contest, whether it's ours, whether it's the other ones, you know, we'll probably get into this, but they need to do the research. I mean, they need to do the research at a minimum. They need to know what poses they're going to do, you know, just because you're doing this category, it could be a little different for each category, but of course, then look at the banned substance list, because again, it, it, it could, that that's a huge deal. I, I tell clients all the time, they'll send me questions, say, Hey, is this on the banned, banned substance list? I never go look at the substance list for them. I make them go look because one, it's not a coach's job to go research every single little supplement. Now, I own a supplement company, so I keep track of ours and I make sure nothing, which ours is completely, ours will never have issues, right. you know, yeah. knock on wood. Yeah. It's just all natural stuff. But I always make the person go look because they have to educate themselves and check every six months to every 12 months because things come down and they make the water list or, or other lists, right? So it's important. I remember when 7 Keto DHEA in 2014 came out. I had a bunch of clients using it because it was in supplements everywhere. Like it was just a normal thing, right? So there was like a six month grace period. It's no problem. But, you know, I always tell my folks, communicate with the promoter or the head of the org or, or whoever you have contact with. Yep. There is one let's talk about real quick that's a script, but it's not allowed. And that's hormone replacement therapy, um, testosterone. I was going to ask and, about that. Yeah. I think that's a common one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I I get people that ask me that all the time, and I'll give my two cents real quick, Ryan, and, and see what you think of this. But I think under zero circumstances should anyone ever be able to compete. And I know there are orgs out there, so I want to be careful because I'm friends with everyone. This is just my stance. It is such a huge 
advantage to be on hormone replacement therapy. Because if you take John on HRT and you take John that's not on HRT and you diet them down, John on HRT is going to have way more muscle by the time it's over with. His testosterone levels are not going to tank. Cortisol is not going to tank. Like all of the shit storm of promoting or of, of dieting is because that's what happens to your body, right? HRT helps alleviate some of that and it gives you a massive advantage. So it's not one of those things I personally um, think is fair, but it's also, it's, it's also on the ban list. So do you have people that reach out and ask that question quite a bit, Ryan? All the time, all the time. And, and I agree, it's a tough position to be in, you know, especially with going about going back to what you said, John and Kayla, you are not too. this is, you, know, you, you see competitors who they shoot themselves in the foot. They compete too hard too many times too frequently. And they, their, their, their testosterone levels are shot, you know, shot. I just, I just posted an article that I wrote. Um, and this is actually John, before I, I started, I was a fat muscle coach, you know, I reached out to you and I started getting on, you know, the, the hormone optimizer because my levels were tanked, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm thankfully I'm, I'm back up to where I was before, but it took six months of diligent work to do that. Um, so I think that, that it, it kind of creates this problem, but yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things, testosterone, it, to your point though, it, it is an advantage. Even if, even if you take, let's, let's just be, let's use an example. Oftentimes we're talking about older clients in this scenario. You know, if I've got a 47 year old female who they both have, you know, natural testosterone levels where they should be okay but this person's taking testosterone exogenously okay even though they're still you know at the same level this person has got that advantage because they are now at the same level as this person but this person's not taking anything so is it fair to this person even though this person's not elevated this person's doing everything without any exogenous testosterone this person is so i mean it's it, and it's it's unfortunate because this person's not trying to get an edge they're just trying to meet where they're at right but yeah it's like where do you draw the line and so i think yeah. it's one of those things you just you just have to yeah yeah i i agree and there's always if if you if it were allowed there's always those people that will take advantage of the highest of the high ends but mm -hmm. still be within a normal range you know i'm thinking you know get get a guy at a thousand right nanograms per deciliter Versus somebody that ends up prepping there at 90, you know what I mean? Which is very common for a guy if you get super peeled, you know, or 100 or 200, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, so th there's your answer on HRT, because I know I know people wanted to know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can, can I, I add something? More? Go ahead. Go ahead, Gail. Sorry. Um, I, I have a female client who was a natural bodybuilder. She's now gone through menopause and she has been having some hormone issues to so be working on that. Um, and I think she's, I told her, you know, you're going to be at the point where like, Hey, you might need some HRT to bring your hormones back up. Cause you're just at that age where they naturally will not come back up. And she had talked about like wanting to compete again. She asked me that question and I was like, you know, is it going to be better for you? You know, or is it more important for you to be healthy and feel good? And like, yeah, if you want to compete, like, okay, jump into an NPC show, you know, but, or is it more important to you to just compete one time in like a natural show again, you know? So I had to kind of have that talk with her and be like, you know, what's, what's more important to feel good and be healthy. Or, you know, even if that is with HRT, you know, like you said, you just have to draw the line somewhere. It doesn't mean like going into like NPC it's, it's bad or anything like that. If you want to be natural, like I competed naturally in the NPC for a long time. Um, you know, it's just that stuff is, is allowed there. So just those kinds of things too, I guess that's just the situation that I had with client. Yeah. And I just want to clar clarify something real quick. I'm, I'm specifically talking about testosterone. So if a female competitor wants to supplement with estrogen or progesterone, okay. that's okay. I mean, that's not going to, okay. we all know that's not going to hurt your, that's not going to enhance your physique any at all. In fact, it's not right. going to help it, but <laughs> those are fine. Those things are fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the actual testosterone. And, and that's why 
I kind of use myself as a guinea pig. I know John and Kayla, we all do. As co- If you're a good coach, you, you should yeah. use yourself as a guinea pig. That's why I tested my levels the week after the contest and they're at 76. I'm like, okay, giddy up. Now let me show everybody that, you know, you don't just jump on HRT or testosterone at that point, just because your levels are tanked. Let's see what we can do naturally. So I'll get off my soapbox on that. I think it's, um, I think it's a good topic. I think there should be a whole episode done on a band list at some point. Um, maybe even just an open zoom class or something, you know, Ryan, maybe we can talk about that, or maybe we do one over on fat muscle to go over the band list. I think that's a good idea. Let's, let's shift gears here. Let's talk about your goal as a president and how to make these shows better. Cause we have people listening that they're going to be around for a very long time. Right. And they're going to be a part of the sport and they're thinking, okay, how, how can I help? Or how can I fit in? Let's talk about you as far as being the president, you know, and you're in charge of the athletes and everything else. How do you want to make a difference in the industry right now? Because it's always about leaving it better than it was when you came to it, right? That's an old saying we had in the army, leave it better than it was when you got there. What's, what is that for you in the industry? So I'll go back to where I started as a competitor, you know, and, and for me, you know, I think that it's, we want athletes when they come in and they have they compete in the nmbf ip they have you know a, a, an amazing experience you know and so we we really focus on you know catering to them as far as you know again fair competition run well um plenty of stage time i mean giving them the best look i think that that at, at the end of the day it's it's about making the experience for the athlete even after the fact you know it's like okay you know, we, 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 we try to do a lot on social media, you know, highlighting our athletes. You know, I hope that, you know, people go on to our, the NMBF IPE social pages, you know, they can see that we're, we're highlighting our athletes. We're talking about our athletes. And so I think that, you know, that's the thing is bringing that quality up um, and, 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 and continuing that. I mean, as a, as an organization, you know, we're very uh, picky about like, where how we grow you know we're we're we do it to the point where you know we want to make sure we're in the right locations we have the right promoters we do it slowly and and grow that way you know and and so then that way again it's it's the competitor goes in there they have that consistent experience because you know if not they're going to go elsewhere you know and um again like you said kayla there's a lot of options out there but gosh i sure hope that they at least know that, okay, natural bodybuilding is an option that I could pick and I could enjoy and continue to do and, 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 and flourish at. Mm -hmm. That's definitely one thing I have to say that I've noticed because I've, I've competed both in natural federations and now NPC, of course, but, um, across like natural federations, it seems like shows are very, very consistent as far as like how the athletes are treated, like prizes, like, you know, the whole experience kind of thing versus like some NPC shows, like you could go to those and like have a really good experience one place. And then another place, like it's not so great. It's not ran very well. Um, so I definitely have to say like cohesively across the board, it feels like NANBF and I haven't done an IPE show obviously, but, um, it seems very well ran and very well put together. Thank you. You know, Ryan, um, you know, I'm looking at some of the big things that have happened to the industry over the last, I'd say five, six years. It was before this, but I would say just as a whole um, that I give you guys a lot of credit for is spearheading the show format. So let's talk about that real quick. The difference in the show format, Um, you got normal morning and night show. That's what we all grew up on, right? NPC still does morning and night show. Nothing wrong with that, by the way, we have to remember this is a business. You do have to make money and selling tickets is important. And like, it's not, it's not cheap as, as people know that do a show or, you know, if you promote a show, it doesn't. The one, the running format, I, as a coach, and I haven't competed in one of these, but I, as a coach love this because you can, I can pick a client that they know they're going to be on stage in Liberty. They're going to know John and Becky are going to have them ready. And they're going to know they need to be there at 11 o'clock yep. and they're going to do their class and they're going to do their T-walks or their routine and they're come, come back and get their awards and you can peak them and they're done and they can go be with their families. And that to me has been the biggest shift in bodybuilding 
that's made it better, higher quality. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Has, has that been a huge game changer from you getting feedback from the industry? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I can't remember when we did it exactly. But like you said, John, it's probably been five, eight years. Time flies. But, yeah. um, you know, when when that started, um, I actually I'm going to give Cliff Wilson props because he's the one that at least I initially he 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 threw that out there. And then again, we we keep our ears to the ground and listen to our athletes and, and coaches. And, and, you know, again, as a competitor, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. How can we do that? And I mean, it was logistically a huge challenge. I mean, it was a, a big task because, you know, the nice thing about the morning and the night show is you've got some flex time, you know, you can, the judges can go through and make sure their scores are what they wanted them to be. And you've got, you know, make sure things are added up and make, but when you're continuous format, you don't have hours, you have minutes. And so, yeah. you know, we had to uh, upgrade our technology, you know, get tallying systems in place. And, and, you know, we had to uh, figure out, okay, how's the flow of the competition going to go, um, you know, and so it was, and judges, it sharpens the judges because, you know, they don't have as much time to make those decisions. They can't go back. I mean, it's, it's live judging right then and there. Um, you know, and then from a, from a business standpoint, like you said, John, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's a little bit harder for the sponsors too, because, you know, they have to be there all day. If they're going to run a booth, you know, they don't just have a few hours in the evening or, you know, five hours that they have to be there. No, it's all day long. So if you want to capture that market, you know, you have to figure out, okay, I want to either commit my whole day um, or I got to pick the categories I want to be in volunteers, you know, it, it, before you could, okay, Hey, you want to show up for a few hours here or there it's all day long. So it's, it definitely is not an easier thing on the promoters at all. Again, it, it makes our job a lot tougher, but it's the right thing to do. And I think that, you know, it was, it was some trial and error when we started it, but I think that it's to the point now where it's, it's a good option for the, for the competitors. And I think it's a win-win. I can actually date when this whole concept started and, and you're right. Cliff Wilson deserves some credit him, uh, him and Katie at the time, they added me to the group and Alberto Nunez. And it was late 2011, early 2012. We still have the Facebook page. It's called natural bodyboarding, natural bodybuilding reform page. And the concept of a running show format, having the opportunity to do a posing routine or not do a posing routine. Like those are all kind of radical ideas back at the time. And I remember when he started talking about those, people don't like change at all. And people fought it left and right. But the next thing you know, and I, I believe it was John and Becky, I think we're the first ones in the NAMBA that did it. And I remember thinking, okay, and I was there for it. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. this is the thing. Um, and to have people, if John and Becky are listening, you know, they're old, but like they're not, they're not, they're not in their thirties. And I mean that affectionately for them to embrace change like that yep. was massive. And then the next thing you know, here comes everybody behind. So that that was a big shift. Um, I want to keep us on track here and keep us moving so we don't go over time. Let's talk about for the for the athletes listening that maybe want to turn pro someday. Let's talk about going from amateur to pro and kind of give the process of what that looks like because people bitch in bodybuilding because that's bodybuilding, right? They're gonna say, Oh, there's pro cards everywhere. And they they say about the NPC and IFBB now, mm -hmm. right? Like now, oh, you can get a pro card at, at Masters Nationals. Everybody gets a pro card. You know what I mean? It's here's the thing. Talk about the process with uh, the NAMBF and the IPE. Like, what's it look like to go from amateur to pro? And then we're going to talk about doing pro shows and world championships after that. Absolutely. So uh, for the NAMBF, what we do is uh, you are in a you got to compete in the open. Okay, the open is the is the open class, and so we actually have minimum numbers that competitors have to meet. You know, and so for the open categories, that's five athletes. So there has to be at least five athletes on the stage. You win that class, then you, you're qualified to apply for your pro card. Um, for masters, we also have masters classes. And so for masters, we bring it down a little bit. So it's three competitors in that class in the open that they can compete and, and compete and, and get their pro card and such. So 
um, you know, we do have those standards. Um, and so, you know, if, if there is an athlete that let's say they got their pro card in another federation, you know, we will, they can apply for an IPE pro card, but they still have to meet that criteria. You know, I'm not going to call out anybody or, or put anybody under the bus, but you know, there, maybe they somehow got a pro card and they were the only one in their class, or maybe there are two people in that class. Like, well, I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but that's not what our qualification is. So that's, we sure. have those standards that they have to meet in order to, uh, to receive their card. I, you know, I have a perfect example of that. Leslie Franklin back in the day, the hell of a figure athlete, right? She, oh. she won hers at a defect show and people need to realize what, you know, the defect was very, very small in 2012, right? She went to Chicago and to build the organization and the pros, you've got it. You've got to lower the standards a little when you first start out, because you don't have the numbers, like there's just no way around. And they went out and they, you know, Leslie was, you know, she definitely was pro caliber. So she won a small class. I think it was three there and it allowed them to go and compete as pros because they had to build it up way back in the day. Now, obviously that's the beginning. Um, but she couldn't compete. It was the IFPA at the time. She couldn't compete as a pro there because she didn't have the qual. She didn't fall under those standards with the IFPA and, you know, later, you know, the, the IPE. So she had to go on and she competed in the PMBA because they accepted it. She placed third in universe. And, and that was the thing at the time. And the president then said, Hey, you need to go do these other federations and you need to qualify higher as a pro. Then we'll talk about bringing over a seasoned pro that's placed high enough you know, that way you're not just letting anybody in. And I like those standards. And I think people need to understand that you can't compare NPC and, and untested shows like that, because that that universe is massive, like it's completely massive. So you've got to have standards set for the size of your organizations. And and I really like that you guys adhere to that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially when you have an athlete that obviously you look at them, you're like, Holy cow. I mean, they, they look amazing. And, but it, again, it goes back, you, you have to draw the line and be consistent. And I think that's one thing that we really do. And it's, you have to stay consistent, you know, let's talk about, you know, someone does go ahead and win their pro card. Um, let's talk about pro shows and world championships and what that looks like. So now, you know, maybe Amy has won a figure pro card and she's going to go off and she's going to do her first pro show. Talk about competing the IPE and then making it to the world championships. Yeah, certainly. And so um, I can, use, I'll, I'll use myself as a, as a, as a reference here. So I remember it is a huge leap to go from the amateurs to the pros, um, you know, and I, I mentioned this earlier, I, it took me 17 years to get my pro card. And um, I, I almost, it, it meant so much to me when it happened. Uh, sometimes people will get their pro card on the first contest, you know, or whatever. And it's like, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, they're just a, they're just a, a phenom, you know, genetically right. born to do that. And I'm not taking anything away from them, but now they're thrown into those pro ranks and, you know, they don't get the chance to evolve as an athlete, as an amateur, you know, polish your posing, polish your yes. prep you know, go through all those things that you need to do as an amateur so you can last as a pro, you know, and, and then they go uh, and go to the pro stage. And again, a lot of times these individuals were born to do this. I mean, you're talking about top level genetics uh, and certainly physically working hard, doing all the things right. And a lot of times a mature competitor and they just, they've been doing it for a long time. So it's a big jump going into the the pros from amateurs and i've seen people do it successfully but it's usually it's not that longevity you don't see that longevity you know and 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 maybe that's not the game for some people but they just they're not ready for it and then they come off of a, a pro season and they're done but it's uh i'll never forget when i jumped on that first pro stage and i felt like a boy among men i was just like holy cow this is a whole yeah. nother level so yeah, if, if you're out there listening and you're one of those genetic freaks that probably won a pro card um, in your first show, I do have spots open. If you want to get a hold of me for coaching, <laughs> I will bring you on and I will go to the show with you, though. In all seriousness, I've, I've got, you know, I've we've all had those athletes, right? Uh, one of mine that I remember very specifically is Emily Stacy, who went on to win the Women's Physique uh, World Championships in the IPE. Yeah. But her first show was Liberty, 
which if that's your first show, John and Becky show, that's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. She wins her pro card there. She goes to Minnesota a few weeks later and does Aaron's show as a pro, wins the pro class there with like a lot of really good women pros, right? Yeah. And then she goes on, she wins multiple shows. She wants some NPC overalls. It's just, she's that physique, right? But to point that out, she could have sharpened things a little bit more. And she did. That's why she did all those shows. But just because you win a pro show first doesn't mean that your your posing is going to be polished, your stage presence, your nerves, like your nerves when you win. I, I remember when she did a pro show in Chicago, she was backstage. She was she was she was so nervous. And, and it's OK. She won't mind me telling the story. But that's my job as a coach is like to calm them down. And I'm looking at her physique thinking no one is going to fucking touch you like they are not going to. All you have to do is pose like 80 percent and you're going to win. Um, but it takes that time as a pro because that is the next level. You feel the heat in the kitchen, so to speak. And the IPE World Championships, that is, oof, that's the show. You show up and that's where, this is what I want to talk about real quick. That's where like I, as a coach, I will peak my clients to do shows right before the World Championships, do their pro shows, and then boom, go right to the World Championships. Um what are your thoughts on doing earlier pro shows? I, I like to tell my folks, if you're going to do those early pro shows, that's fine, but you need to be done for the year. Like if you're going to do Minnesota in May, I don't like, I don't like to see you hold on because it's just too hard on hormones. And I don't think that's something that gets talked about enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I've had clients do it too. And yeah, there's definitely has to be a strategy to it, you know, uh, do like a, a mini reverse and then, you know, then say, okay, yep. Now we're within range. Okay. Now we basically dialed in for that final uh, you know, competition worlds at the end. And so it's tough as an athlete, but yeah, I, I think doing a, I mean, and then that's part of it for us. I mean, you have to compete as a pro, you can't walk into worlds and compete. You know, you have to pre-qualify by doing another pro contest, which I think actually sets them up for success, you mm -hmm. know, because again, you know, you, 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 every time you compete, I don't care how many times you've competed, you learn something about yourself every single time you hopefully get better every single time. And so, you know, doing that pro competition before worlds will help get them to be a better athlete when it comes to stepping on that world stage. And you do, I mean, it is again, a boy among men with just going from amateur to pros, but it's a whole nother level going on the world stage. I mean, you got competitors from all over the, the world and I mean, it's, it's, it's top notch. So absolutely. This, um, this is, I've got two more real quick. This is the big one. This is a tough question. You're the right person for me to ask this to, I think out of everyone right now, would you like to see a Super Bowl of natural bodybuilding? And is that something that's even possible? We, we've seen it attempted before in the past, um, man, I would love that. I would, I, and there's a lot of us as coaches that would love it you're one of the guys that I can ask this to. I can put on the spot right now and be like, Hey, like, is this something possible? What's it going to take? Or is it just something that's just kind of a dream, you know, like Marvel versus DC. We've all always wanted to see that on the movie screen. Right. Or, or whatever. Is that something that's possible? Is that something that's possibly in the works? Do you talk to other people about that? How much can you tell me about that? Yeah. So to answer the first question, could there, should there be one? Would I like to see that? hundred percent. Yes. I mean, I, I, that, I mean, that's, I've always, that's been a dream of mine is to have natural uh, bodybuilding unite. I mean, I think that it has to happen and we're, we're in conversations with other federations, you know, we have affiliates, uh, you know, Canada. And, and, and so there's, we're, we're trying to pull that together. I would love to see, and that's why we're also, you know, we're friendly to other outside pros, you know, because, you know, I think that it's important to them for them to be able to say, Hey, I want to come in. I want to compete in the IPE. And as long as they've gone through the same channels that the other IP competitors, absolutely. You know, so that way, you know, can bring in other pros from other federations, but I would love to, because you get that critical mass, you get that critical mass. And then, you know, you can offer, you know, more, more things, you know, more, larger competitions, more prize money, you know, you could make, you know, just a, a bigger event. And so I, I think it'd be fantastic. You know, will it happen? Can it happen? I, I sure hope so. Um, and, and if there's any, you know, 
promoters, directors, uh, officers from other federations listening to this, please reach out to me. I would love to start those conversations and have had those conversations over the years. And sometimes we've gotten close and sometimes it's, it's, it's you know, gone down in fire. But, um, you know, I think that that's still the dream that I would have uh, for, for the industry. So I'm, I'm friends with most of them. Um, and I'm going to venture that a lot of people will be listening to this podcast. We got a pretty big viewership here. And especially when the title comes out, if you're listening, please understand that when you approach Ryan about this, he is the right guy to approach about this. There's no ego there. This is something I think that the industry would really benefit from starting with, I, I think a Super Bowl of natural bodybuilding after all the world championships are done, maybe it's right before Thanksgiving, everybody can eat and then or they can go eat afterwards and preps over. Right. Yeah. But you know, you do the natural Olympia, you do IPE worlds, right. You do all these, all these different world championships, but it's all within that striking distance. And then, Hey, hold on a couple more weeks and let's go like, let's go. And I think having the right people at the helm of that, and I've got some ideas with that. Cliff and I have talked about it for years. Um, you know, Ryan, it's something I'll probably bring up to you, but I think there's ways to make it happen. I just, I hope that it happens for the athletes because, and the fans, the fans of the sport, like I would just, I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, and then this final question, then Kayla, if you have any too, make sure to throw those in, but what's the next big goal for you as president of the NAMF and IPE? So my big thing is mentorship. Uh, we've got some new competition, some new promoters, you know, we've got Arizona, we got Colorado, uh, we got Virginia, um, you know, we've got other markets that I can't talk about that we're developing. And so, um, yeah, I, that's the biggest thing, you know, this is when I took this role on, it's not for me to be in the spotlight. It's not my role. My role is to help bring others up and let them run and take that. And that's that's really what I'm doing, you know, is just to help help mentor others. And so, and that all trickles down to the competitor. Again, giving them the opportunity to compete, you know, and, and so then that way, you know, they 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 compete and and choose natural bodybuilding, not because they have to, but because they want to. So that's, that's, that's really what I see myself of as, as somebody who's here to, to help and develop. That's really what I'm here for. We've done a great job of that and things are moving in the right direction and they just get better every single year. So shout out to you and your whole team that, that you. you have, uh, because I know a lot of them are listening. So we really appreciate you guys and everybody involved in the sport. Um, Kayla, do you have any questions for him as we wrap up? None that I can think of. Um, I think you covered a lot of it and it was a really, really good conversation. Um, so I, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Any parting thoughts, Ryan? No, not really. I mean, again, uh, I, I hope that if anybody is interested in, you know, if they have feedback, like I said at the beginning, always listening, you know, some of the things that we've done over the years is because of suggestions from our athletes and, you know, other coaches and, and stuff. So definitely, you know, I am, uh, very, I'm not proud. I'm not too proud to take, you know, feedback and ideas and such. So, you know, please send them to me again, you know, comments or the, the show notes will have my contact information. Don't hesitate to reach out. And if you're at a competition and I'm sorry if I don't remember, but I see a lot of people on stage, but do come up and say hi, whatever, yes. you know, so I'd love to, you know, I love running into people backstage on stage, you know, all those things. So I know you and I both will will be uh, well. You will be in Liberty, right? Oh yeah. Yep. So Liberty's coming up April 29th. I've got some athletes stepping on stage there. It's gonna be fun. It's their first time ever competing, and they're both awesome. So like, I'm gonna be there for that. You'll be there. So if anybody wants to come up and talk shop, please come up and say hi. And then one week later in Des Moines is your show. Um, I don't know if I'll be there. It depends on how my two girls do. Um, they're going to be competing in the same classes, I think. So if one gets a pro card, the other one might go on, or if they don't both get one, they might both go on. Um, but I'd love to be there at that one as well. So Ryan, thanks for taking the time. I know you're super, super busy. Uh, we're just honored to have you on the show. And I know you and I have some more stuff to do over at Fat Muscle on that podcast there. So you guys listening, check out the show notes, leave us a review if you haven't. We really appreciate that. And just tell a friend, pass this information along if it's helped you and you found value in that. So for myself, Kayla and Ryan, we're out of here. See you guys. Bye.